Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast, and it is a spooky Halloween special. <laughs> That's a fucking monkey! Uh, uh, it's me, David Reed, and I'm joined by Marek Larwood, as ever, and Buddy the dog, who was scared or excited by the uh, the spooky monkey, I'm not sure. And also, as it's a special, and it's her favourite genre, Danielle Ward is back with us. Hey! Hello, Danielle. Hello. Hello, Danielle. I used to be on this podcast. You did, you did. In fact, most people who write letters still hope... Uh, or wish you were on it because they always write to you as well. Oh, that's nice. I mean, the fact that it is recorded in my own flat and I still can't be asked to be on it. <laughs> I mean, it does say a lot. A lot. Yeah. It does say a lot. No, it's really can't, good. Can't be asked. Yeah, that. Yeah. It's... Can't be asked to walk downstairs. <laughs> no, I love it. It's because I never get a chance to go to the cinema. I felt like I was letting the side down by. I never go to the cinema anymore. Yeah, it's all right. It's okay, mate. It's okay. It's it's Halloween uh, soon, but it's more than just Halloween. This episode. Why is that? Well, I've got a, a, a letter. Oh, I thought you had an announcement. <laughs> I it's, thought you were having an aneurysm. It's sort of that. I mean, can you read it out, please, uh, David? Because you're better at reading than me. Sure thing. This is. It's from. It's only from Chris Webb. Um, Chris <gasps> Webb voted in. And uh, the vote counts, yeah. like the American election, okay. uh, as the the official number one film Fandango superfan. Um, Chris says, Dear David, Marrick and Buddy, if my calculations are correct, episode 260 will be film Fandango's fifth birthday. As one of the many who've been with you since that very first episode with guest Izzy Sutty talking about crimes and misdemeanours. I'd like to remember that day. I do remember that day. I remember Izzy City. Do you remember Izzy City? What happened to Izzy City? Oh, God, she I fell a well. <laughs> a career well. You know, she's doing very well. I mean, we're being ironic, Literally aren't we? Very, very well. She fell down a very she well. She fell down a very... A doing well. very well. Uh, I'd like to wish everyone who's taken part a very happy half decade. As well as enjoying your movie chat while undertaking mundane household tasks, I'd like to listen while cleaning out my fish tank. I've also managed to expand my Facebook friends list with the other like-minded friends from around the world. Martin Appleyard hasn't replied to my Facebook friend request yet. <laughs> I feel sorry for Martin Appleyard because uh, I think he was a good fan. He's not written in again since. Please come back, Martin Appleyard. Please come back. Um, Chris continues. 
So thanks for all of that. I'm already looking forward to next year's super fan battle to see if I can retain my status. Might I suggest a quiz Fandango format based on all things film Fandango? <laughs> Christ, <laughs> you guys will know way more than we do. Um, stuff that only a fan who religiously ploughed their way through 150 hours of podcast would know. Speaking of which, if there's anyone else out there who actually listens to episodes more than once, I'd love to hear what your favourites are. From the pre-Marrick era, I always go back to episode 28 where David and the Penny Dreadfuls talk about the Wrath of Titans. Wrath of the Titans, sorry. And number 33, Dark Shadows with Helen George. Fuck Dark Shadows! <laughs> yeah. Fuck it! Oh, it's terrible. Uh, is an early favourite too. In the Marrick period, number 61, Life of Pi, Gremlins and Dan Lowe. And Jizz, apparently. I do not recall. And 72, Maniac. Welcome <gasps> to the Punch. And the holy trinity of David, Danielle, and Marek. Uh, they always do it for me. Obviously, the later 180-plus episodes are pretty good, too. <laughs> <laughs> so come on, Fandanglers, what's your favourite episode? Anyway, I thought I'd better try and tie this mail to an actual topic. Henry King recently asked about films that caught you off guard. A while ago, the in-laws sent my daughter the DVD of 2011's Tom and Jerry and the Wizard of Oz. As she was only five at the time, I couldn't explain to her the golden rule that any Tom and Jerry later than mid-60s is absolute bollocks. So I sat down to, uh, to watch, expecting a low-budget, bu- low-quality mess. Big surprise. Not only had they reverted back to the classic Tom and Jerry animation style and the violence of the Hanna-Barbera period, it's also a very faithful retelling of the 1939 Wizard of Oz, with Tom and Jerry along for the ride. It's practically a remake, but with added scenes that fill in some of the gaps from the Oz movie, such as why Dorothy doesn't get covered in mud when she falls in the pigsty, or where she gets the bucket of water from at the end. They even They're both very important bits of... They have dogged film academics for decades. Uh, They even animate Toto's wonky paw during Over the Rainbow. It's not a perfect film, but I thought the respect and attention it paid to the original was extraordinary. If you're a Wizard of Oz completist, it's an interesting addition to The Wiz and Return to Oz. And The Muppets Wizard of Oz. Muppets Wizard of Oz is brilliant. Here's hoping you'll all be around to, to keep watching the films for another five years. Chris. P.S. The birthday card's in the post. And it is. Chris has sent us a lovely birthday card all the way from New Zealand, including uh, some uh, chocolate pineapple things, which we're uncertain about, and some dog chocolates. So thank you very much, Chris Webb. Five years. Chris Webb, before we move on, can I just say that I am intrigued to see how racist this Tom and Jerry is? Because when we go, oh, back to the 1960s Tom and Jerry, what you really mean is the racist Tom and Jerry. Was it racist? Yeah! I don't remember. I the, just, clean, the black cleaner. I was a black cleaner. Very. Am I misremembering? Because I always thought the uh, the humans were just legs. Yeah. yeah. Right. But, but was, there was a there was a voice. Was there? Yeah. It right. Was there was a voice. Really horrible portrayal of. Okay. That's why it's not on TV anymore. Yeah. That's why a lot of things aren't on TV anymore. Top of the pops too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was that thing with Esther Ranson? Um, That's life. Yeah. <laughs> what, because of the hideous racism? Yeah. All right, okay. Oh. Veg. But anyway, but, uh, thanks for the, these chocolate pineapples are... Um, I quite like them. one. Do you yeah. like it? What are they called? Yeah. Lumps. Pineapple lumps. I mean, it's a terrible name for it. It sounds like something taken out of a hospital ward, doesn't it? <laughs> Chris Webb's been so nice, um, and I want to say how much I like them, but when I bit into it, it tasted a bit like biting into sick. Is, well, they're not great, but they... I won't my knife, quick. Marek loves them. <laughs> um, yes. Oh, God, it's, five years seems like a long time ago. 
We, we can't have been doing it every week for remember, five years. Five years ago, no Brexit. There was no, no Brexit. No third was the... runway. No. I had a career. Marek had a career. I didn't. <laughs> so. Well. Yeah. You yeah. You were too busy to do this. Do you remember five years ago? David wow. Bowie was still alive. Yeah. Prince was still alive. Blake Just look what alive. we've done to the world by existing. Well, anyway, we get. Well, let's get on to spooky wooky things. Yeah. Yeah. Spooky wooky Halloween spooky times. Spooky Halloween. Um. What films have we been watching in the run-up to Halloween? What spooky wooky Halloween films? Okay, well I'll talk to Danielle, shall mm-hmm. I? Shall I? Marek's got his mouth full of lumps. Um, did I use the Halloween episode last year? I'm sort of thinking I, think I might you have did. done because I love Hall- I love scary Halloween. You films. do, yes. You you often recommend American Werewolf oh, in it's London. My favourite film, so I love American Werewolf in London. Um, a film that I did watch um, that I think I might have mentioned this before, but if you can get hold of it, it's called The Baby. It's on YouTube, and um, it's one of those really weird films. It's not so much... It's, it's scary in the same way that Beyond the Valley of the Dolls is scary. It's, like, odd, and then it's just unsettling. Um, That's Suspiria. What, Suspiria is incredible. That's, scary, That's what I was going to suggest, because he's never seen it. I still oh, not seen it, no. Oh, and the soundtrack's really... It's such a brilliant film. We couldn't film, find it, it anywhere other than iTunes. Buy it! It's oh, brilliant. such a good film. Yeah. Well, instead, we've watched um, a film called... Good night, mommy. Didn't Which, we? Yeah, because there's been obviously there's been like a spate of really good horror films recently that a lot of people have been suggesting. So the, you know, obviously there's the Babadook and it the follows. Words, it follows. And don't breathe. People have been saying people it's good. Said, don't breathe is good. There's a few others. The Shallows. I mean, I know it's about a shark, but it's still quite scary. Is that the one you were watching the other day? No, I was watching The Reef the other day, which is It didn't look very good. It's not. No, it's all right. Right. I, but I find sharks frightening. So. I mean, just watching a shark, just <laughs> filming you, a shark. Do you classify Jaws as a horror? Yes, Jaws is um, an incredible horror, and it's also structurally a brilliant screenplay. I think it's one. Of, it's a phenomenal writing. The introduction yeah. of him is done so succinctly at the start of him arriving, going into town, Amityville, yeah. and the poster and all that stuff. Anyway, carry on. We all know about Jaws. So um, and. The Thing is also another one oh, of my favourite. I mean, the remake, right? The remake, yeah. And we watched The Fly 2 the other day, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, we did. I love The Fly. Actually, no, because we've watched The Fly. The Fly was on telly. Yeah. That's one of my favourite. Oh, The Fly is amazing. But, yes, we watched Goodnight Mommy. Cause Which lot... we knew nothing about, did no. we? What, what is it about? Well, it's... What, what country is it from? It's I'm German. To, is it German? No, no, it's Austrian, Austrian, but they speak German, I think. That's right. It's about, it's about two um, twins... And their mother comes back from having cosmetic surgery. After a car accident that seems to have... We don't know there's been a car accident at this point. Uh, When it starts... Oh, no, but you have the the feeling something's gone wrong and the kids are adjusting. Yeah, there's something already... But they think their mum's acting really weird and she's quite cold with them and off and, like, she does this thing where she'll only make dinner for one of them, like, to punish the other one and stuff. And so there's this odd, creeping sensation of... um, And obviously we can't really talk about it beyond that because there's, like, a big spoiler, so it all works to... I guess the problem is the spoiler is... Obvious. For me, really flag post yeah. for about 20 minutes. It's, I mean, not, we, we, it's not their mum. not their mum. Um, no, it was... Or other answers the, I mean, it's available. a creepy film. It's very well made. Like, it, it gets really sort of upsetting. 
but for me it was that thing and we'll all have experienced it I think where you it's not only you guess you you think it's obvious yeah, like really did, I, obvious. did I guess correctly no. I'm not going to say no. oh, because okay. then but, it, you, but you're just waiting for the characters on screen to catch up do you know that feeling? Yeah. And it really stops you enjoying the moments that you're watching. You're, you, you sort of, you put your full commitment to the film on hold until the moment when they catch up to where you've yeah. got to. Yeah. And uh, I didn't think it was that good, you know. No. The more I think about it, going back on it, it was. It, you know, it really reminded me of, even though it's completely different. It was the Human Centipede. It looks a bit like. Maybe it's just the sort of house... That, have you seen The Human Centipede? No, I don't want to watch it. But the Human Centipede itself is quite fun. Too many bad memories. Yeah. <laughs> the, and always the middle bit. Always <laughs> the middle, middle one. The centipede. <laughs> Eating shit and doing shit. Maybe that's the a question for the role. listeners. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really... It's actually... All of us had a moment there going, is it the worst role? Yeah, it's yeah. the worst it's, role. Yeah, yeah, the middle one. Yeah. I'm looking up now. Good night, my mama. Mama. It's like, it's, I mean, it's not as scary as the Christmas episode of the League of Gentlemen. No, not really. What's but that was, a, that was the best thing they did, wasn't but that's it? That's my marker of whether something's scary or not. Yeah. The film isn't even as scary as the Christmas episode of the League of Gentlemen. But the stuff they do, some of the inside number nines are really terrifying as mm. well. They're really good at horror. Yeah, they are good at But um, what's interesting, looking up on IMDb, it's one of the few films that's got... A better meta score, which is 81, than a score from the general public, which is 6.7. That usually odd. means it's arty, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. If the critics like it more than the public, yeah. that's usually what that means. It, it's, it's, like, you know, it's, it's fine. It's not... I just... I mean, I'm just trying to think of what other... Because there's a is real... It's slow, then? It is. It's... It is slow. It's a bit too long. It could do... if You could really shave 15 minutes off it, and it wouldn't really... I tell you what I think it's just it it just doesn't do as well like the the story's really obvious and then also this just occurred to me it's not anywhere near as scary as either Room for Romeo Brass or Dead Man's Shoes both of which in very different ways because there's no character in the film that you are scared of it relies very heavily upon child actors as well doesn't it because the mum is so aloof um, and although they're sort of creepy twins, it's, there's no there's no real depth to the characterisation because how can there be? Yeah, it's it's all. It's, like, I imagine if it was a short story, it would have been quite good to read written down. But as a film, it sort of fails because no one's. I mean, what is interesting is that there's no real villain in it. Oh. Is that a spoiler? Do you want to take that out? No. I don't think anyone's going to watch it after this anyway. <laughs> There's no real. Basically, said it's shit. Uh, yeah. There's I, no robots in it. Yeah, I think it. I think it might be fine, but it's not as. I mean, it's not as good as it follows or the Babadook. No. Or, um, I, st- I. I think you're being a bit harsh on it. I thought it was good, but I. I I've just. I. I mean, it may. Maybe. Maybe we just happen to guess correctly rather than it is that obvious I literally but... haven't given it a moment's thought since watching it well that's a bad sign that's a isn't bad it? sign for a horror film I have you see really? the final scenes yeah you of, sort of... no <laughs> did you feel scared at night time thinking about it again no, no but I I, I uh, don't want any cosmetic surgery or children now when I, I was well up for both before <laughs> but prior to this film yeah <laughs> 
You were literally hammering your balls in the bathroom. <laughs> no! Never! No! Good night! Mommy! <laughs> uh, have you seen something, Marion? Yeah, but first of all, how many uh, Davies oh. and da- Daniels do you give it? Ooh, it's is it out of ten? It's out of ten. Five. Yeah. Five. Five tiny ghosts. Yeah, I think I'd give it six. As you, you uh, 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 now a special guest, Danielle. Yeah. I've got a question for you. Okay. What are your top five horror films? Mm. Right. So American World for London, yes. definitely, and also. Um, Jaws. Jaws. Dead Man Shoes. Mm-hmm. Presumably, the film we're going to talk about later. Well, no, I don't think that is in my oh, top really? five. Yeah, um, perhaps The Descent. I think The Descent Very is a good. really Bloody great film. film. Like and it's one of those films you, you start watching, you think this is going to be really average. Yeah. And it's incredibly. Uh, it's one of those you, it does take you by surprise how good it is. Yeah, it? it's a really brilliant film. And I'm, The Thing? The Thing. I do really love The Thing. I think I'm. I think I, I might go for... It's really difficult. Oh, I don't know. I like so many horror films. I do. Really, the thing is brilliant. But I think maybe Halloween. Just the in classic. terms of how yeah. it broke all the rules and like, sort of set... Everyone's copied it. Yeah, they? I mean, like there's, there's, there's stuff in Halloween that hadn't been done before. Like it's, the reveal in the mirror and the killing and then the... the um, the villain's gone and you think he's dead and then he's gone. Like, all that sort of stuff. I think Halloween is a real... Like really broke the mould, really. Yeah, that roaming POV camera yeah. that is just so creepy. What's your top five? Oh, um, The Shining, The Thing. Um, oh, probably American Werewolf as well. I mean, there's just some films that are just the best, yeah. aren't they? Um, what else is oh, really so did. tough? There are a lot of my top five what in my top ten, like American Wolf in London. That's in my top ten films of all time. Jaws, Jaws, Alien. Oh, Alien, of course. Yeah. The, the Thing. Yeah. And Psycho. See, I I don't Do, mind Psycho. Like, I think Psycho is a good film, but it doesn't. Yeah. No, I Alien definitely. I've forgotten Alien. Yeah. And the fly, like the fly I is the great. Fly is brilliant. The fly is so sad. What I love are the sad horror. So the fly obviously is really heartbreaking at the end. Mm. And American Wolf in London is really sad. Um, whereas the thing isn't that. Sad. It's so so. All of those films yeah. are structurally, like you said before, so sound. Yeah. There's not a, there's not a bad. I watched the the thing with my nephew, and I was so excited. Thing he just turned some eighteen. Uh, I watched it when we were about 15, 16. Yeah. It's all these amazing films that you, you are going to give you to watch and you just think this is brilliant. I watched it again with him thinking, oh, I hope it's as good as I think it was. Yeah. And there was not one bad scene. Every a... single scene mm. is incredible. Great. It's such a great film. And I just thought of another one. There's like Evil Dead 2, which I yeah. really love. I think there's just so many, so many great films. Yeah. Horror, I mean, this is why I find horror a bit annoying now because it's it's really fallen, and this is why films like Babadook have sort of made, changed this, or you hope they're changing it, is that horror films really rely on crick cracking body horror and l- quiet, quiet, loud scares. So you're in yeah. like they just push the volume up because that makes everybody jump. That's not a clever trick. That's literally that's sound engineering, and I find those films really like. Paranormal activity films and insidious and all that sort of stuff. I just have got absolutely zero time for. 
Yeah, not the same as it was. Not the same. <laughs> not the same as it used to be, is it? Well, it seems to be we've gone through a heyday where, as the technology's gotten better, they've had steady cams have changed horror enormously. Yeah. The fact that they can carry a camera around a, a physical set, um, and so people, as soon as that comes along, start experimenting with what they can do with it, yeah. and therefore you get these incredibly innovative films, you know, like Halloween and stuff. And then everyone just copies them because, uh, of course, you do. Take you go, Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, yeah. There's no one everyone copied. I tell you yeah. why I don't find not that we were talking about it, but I was just thinking about zombie films because obviously The Walking Dead's come. I've never watched an episode of The Walking Dead, and mm. it's because zombie films. I like them. I can enjoy a zombie film, but for me, the thing that I don't that never attaches me to a zombie film is what I, I, I like the reason that I love things like American Wolf in London is the fact that the, the the monster has got there's a sad thing going on with the monster it's a real and with the fly it's a real tragedy that that person is also a monster they feel whereas, like a sort of uh, hark back to romantic gothic horror really yeah, in a way whereas um, obviously zombies once you're a zombie like they're brain dead yeah. so brain dead's another great film <laughs> Oh yes, Brain Dead! Incredible Christ. final sequence in oh. Brain Dead. Incredible. Um, I like a bit of tragedy in my horror. Yeah, and I the think multi genres, multi genres. The, the yes. descent's got some tragic moments in it. Mm. Um, we talk, uh, Chris Webb recommended a film. What's that? Well, I asked for Film Fandango on the Film Fandango Facebook for any horror recommendations. The response was incredible. Chris Webb wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> And he recommended The Orphanage, and I'd seen that. <gasps> I, I'd seen it about five years ago, just enough that I couldn't really remember it. It's a Spanish film, oh it's good. Oh my god, and talking about the tragic. I mean, The Orphanage is absolutely pushes those buttons of it, it's scary and tragic. Is, is that the one produced by Guillermo del Toro? He didn't do it. He's something to do with it, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. I still yeah. haven't seen that one. But anyway, his second choice was something I, ha- I had not seen before, but I remembered. From trailers when I was a teenager, getting videos out from the from the uh, oh. local spa, was a British film called Paper House, <gasps> which I don't know if I would class it as a, it feels a bit like a child's horror, like Gremlins, like Gremlins, yeah. but very English, like like Chucky, the old TV show, or or the um, the, the British version of. Uh, the uh, Dare the Triffids. It's, it's got a weird British. It's so British, and some of the lines in it were. Oh, the story is basically: um, it's a girl at school in the nineteen eighties. Uh, she's about thirteen, fourteen. She becomes ill and starts fainting. And in one of her lessons, she draws a picture of a house in a book with a boy in it, and this house comes to life. And then it, she slips into as she becomes iller and iller. She keeps on slipping back into this uh, alternate reality, and the things she draws on it change in the actual alternate reality. And it's there's some really scary, a couple of really scary moments in it. Yeah. But it's, it's very peculiar, very peculiar, and totally original. When's it from? The eighties. Nineteen eighty-eight. So I'll say I've seen Paper House. I haven't seen it for years and years and years, but I remember it's one of those films that really sticks in my head for for the situation I saw it in which is Channel 4 used to show these late night horror films and I would always take them off the telly and one of them was Paper House and one of them was The Lair of the White Worm which I absolutely love it's ridiculous and one of them was Hellraiser in fact I think the first time I saw Hellraiser was taping them off the telly in this thing um, but Paper House I don't remember any of the plot I just remember 
like the there was a young girl. Was Jimmy Nail in it or someone like that? No, I think uh, uh, you could say her dad looks vaguely like oh, <laughs> Jimmy Nail. <laughs> but <laughs> really, I mean, that's really who pushing is it? it. Who are in it? No, oh, no, no. Timothy Spall, is he in it? No. Oh, is anybody from our Vida Saint Pair in it? No. Uh, the only people. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what, what is really weird. You remember them all as one face. It's, it's just it's the her, Alvina's own pet actor. Her mum in it is played by Glenn Headley. Yeah. Who you would probably best Another know woman called Glenn. As the the woman in uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Oh, yeah. And ah. they decided after filming it that she should be British. So they made her read up all her lines with a British accent. Which gives it this really odd... They do the same in Lair of White Worm. Oh, really? Yeah. Not with her, but... But it gives it this very odd... That odd ADR thing. It, does, it sounds sort of otherworldly. Yeah. And also makes it a bit scary, because she doesn't really sound present, because her voice is an ADR and can never be the same. So she... It's, I mean, it obviously ruins her performance, makes her performance very, very weird. Well, because her, her mouth will be doing subtly different things to the sound coming out of it. Yeah. Because of the accent change. Yeah, so it's, that makes it... And you think, there's something weird going on between her and her mum. It's because her mum's performance has completely done an ADR. And also there's some lines I really love that when, when their kids, her and her friend are putting on makeup talking about snogging. And they, she says, oh, this is like a really skilled place to hide. I love the word using skill. the word skill <laughs> as a cool word, which is so 1980s. Oh, he's like kissing him is like snogging a Hoover. Really good 1980s school uh, school um, lines in it. Um, yeah, it's very. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. It's slow, isn't it? It's very slow, and it it feels a bit like a children's film foundation film. Yeah, but if you're uh, in your sort of late 30s I think you will give it extra points for just nostalgia for being exactly like it was at school when you were growing up in that in the crap mid 80s <laughs> but and, and artistically the, the the virtual the world that they travel to her dream world is beautiful the actual the house that's made out of paper mm. is shot really beautifully and made really it doesn't look like it's really skimping on the budget that part of it like a Duran Duran video oh exactly like it yes yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't I remember so little about it but I know I've seen it a few times and I know it's just weird I can just atmospherically feel it even if I can't remember a single yeah. person who's in it it feels like it, it could have been uh, it, it's obviously meant for I think it was a PG or something um, it felt as though they could have just if they'd have made it really scary yeah it could have been properly terrifying because mm. the house is scary. The idea of her, she draws her dad in a bad mood and her dad appears as a sort of psychopath in the story. Mm. There's a couple of really scary in that. You think if it was really going for it, this could have been a proper horror, but instead it's a sort of weird, a weird kid's horror. But a, a fascinating jaunt back into the 1980s. Oh, the paper house. I've never even heard of it. Thank so. you, Chris Webb, for all your... I mean, it's turning into the bloody Chris Webb show, yeah, isn't it? Needs, we don't want to intimidate others into not writing in, really. Yeah. Um, but um, a, a name uh, conspicuously absent from our lists, which used to be sort of the top of everyone's sort of horror list, is The Exorcist. Has it aged badly? I, I never. It was never in my top horror list. Really, no. I didn't watch it until I was about in my mid twenties, 
and I don't understand why it's always number one. I don't understand. The scariest bits were always cut from any broadcast of The Exorcist, I remember. I, I, there were bits when I saw it in a cinema in Peru that I'd never seen before, like the um, crawling down the stairs backwards like it's a spider. Cut, that's why. It's, and it's the best bits, aren't they? Like, in terms of the scares. But for an adult, they are very silly Scares. Um, it's a very. Slow, it's almost though. like a slow, a Romero or a Sam Raimi film. Like it's it's an odd mix of I've, things. I, I found The Exorcist quite scary. I think it is a scary film, and it's one of those films. If I watch by myself at night, it will give me the creeps. Yes. Um, the reason that it's never in my top ten is the first half an hour is fucking boring. That's why. <laughs> What's well, a different it's film? Really it's a, boring. It's a film about a priest who's having a crisis of conscience. Yeah, and all that stuff in Israel or wherever it is. Oh, with uh, Max von Sydow. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Give me a monster. American, uh, not American, um, where off in London was in that. Um, not on Elm Street is also a great horror film. Oh, yeah. Drag Me to Hell, I always mention yeah, at this yeah. point. Uh, what I really are you like most it. scared? I think the thing that scared me the most... When you were younger? The Omen. I think it was one of them. The Omen is scary. I tell you what always used to really scare me, to the point, like I'd, I'd been waiting for it as a scare, is um, in the bit in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street where she's like at the final final battle and she pulls him out of her dream and she wakes up and he's not there and then he jumps up from the side of the bed. That's always, always a big, big scare for me. And also anybody appearing in a mirror... But I can't look in the mirror at night. I absolutely even now I can't do it. And also another thing that I can't do is I can't run my a torture along the. I don't know how people do that. I can't <laughs> run a torture along the ground in case I see a creepy Japanese girl, specifically. Mm. But I, I can't like if I was out in the woods, I would not be able to run a torch over the ground. I think it's terrifying. If you want to kill Danielle Ward, there are two weaknesses. <laughs> <laughs> two weaknesses there. Yeah. Um. I thought of another film. The then. Wicker Man, a taped off tape. Oh, last the night. Wicker That's Man. A good film. It is a good film, and and actually brings us quite nicely onto the film that you brought in to specifically discuss because yes. it was released as a double bill with this film originally, yes. which is. It is. Don't look now. Don't look now, kids. Don't look now because, um, and as um, clever people will have noticed, that this is my second Nicholas Rogue film I've talked about this year. Are you going to talk about them all eventually? Yeah. I mean, I've not done The Man Who Fell to Earth yet. Have we done that? I'm trying to remember. I feel like we have talked about The Man Who Fell to Earth, yes. The big one we haven't done is performance, which is also. Yes, we've not done that. But Don't Look Now. Now, Mary, you've seen Don't Look Now. Yes. Um, I uh, it was another gap in my you, you know memory, it, yeah. and so I I saw it for the first time. I felt like I'd seen almost the entire thing from clips on other shows or parodies or whatever. So the entire opening sequence, the uh, most of the end, uh, a lot of the middle, yeah. <laughs> and shots of Venice. But also you know, it's seen very from iconic, like that, that. The way the beginning is shot, where the daughter mm. drowns, is that isn't that like Nicholas Rogue was the first sort of. So yeah, to, can you show briefly what it's about? Okay, it's about a man uh, and his wife, and uh, they have two kids. And in the opening sequences, Danielle says uh, their younger daughter drowns uh, by accident. It's just one of those things, and it's horrible and tragic. And then it cuts to several years later, and months. is it only yeah, months? Yeah, it's months. Um, and they've moved to Venice for work because he's an architect who's uh, he's helping restore a church in Venice, and it's a psychological drama basically, but also with a horror element that they uh, 
they he thinks he sees a girl wearing the red coat that his daughter was wearing that day and also they meet a, a elderly British couple of sisters one of whom is blind and who believes that she she has a gift uh, like the shining basically and she believes she saw the daughter sitting between them in the cafe yeah and that's basically the setup isn't yeah, it the, the whole... they they were trying to get on with their uh, life after this horrific event and this sort of brings it all up again What's um, interesting is it's a piece it's a proper piece of cinema because it's not even just the story or the plot it's the way it's filmed there's foreshadowing and there's like things get brought back round. Like um, he uses he uses images almost like collage at times yeah. as well, where it jumps around in time, uh, almost to flash up a feeling rather than something that is actually yeah. happening. At so time. little of it is in the script. It is a proper film that you have to see. You, you know the, the actual because it's based on a Daphne de Maurier story. Yes. And the story is quite slight. It's about a couple who who um, they lose their daughter. They go to Venice and um, they meet this weird elderly couple of uh, women and one of them says that the husband has um, psychic abilities and he says no I don't and that's basically the plot and it turns out that there's things that he sees in the film that he thinks are happening in real time and they're not there it's um, him look it's visions of the future and the consequences of and that. the consequences of that, um, yeah. it's it's brilliant I mean it, it is it is fantastic it's a really good film it is the most commercially accessible of uh, rogues films that I've seen apart as well. from the witches of course, we should have mentioned the witches. Like the, the beginning of the witches is one of the creepiest things. One memories from my childhood. Uh, the bit with the sort of short story at the beginning with the girl in the painting. Yeah. Do you remember? That? Uh, absolutely. You know, gets under your skin. Um, I hadn't realised that was him. Yeah. It's a it's a creepy film. It is creepy. When the w- the women all take their s- skin off. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. No, <laughs> I think the, the thing about Don't Look Now is, I mean, I so the first I was really lucky because I'd never heard of it. I saw it when I was eighteen. I'd never heard of it, um, but I had seen I'd seen performance, so I, I knew who Nick Road was, um, and I went to see it. And my friend Mel was at the time going out with this guy who was really into his music and his films, and like it was always an education going around there. John Bon Jovi. John Bon Jovi, yeah. He loves his music and his films. And he put Don't Look Now and he said, you've got to watch this film, you've got to watch this film. Now, I'm going to reveal the... I mean, if you don't know the end of Don't Look Now... Stop listening. Stop listening, right? Seriously. So we everyone the, knows the end of Don't Look Now. <laughs> we watched Don't Look Now and all, all the way through he's going, do you see that little... She's like the red, and I was like, yeah, the red coat. And he's like, yeah, look at the person with the, yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And obviously, there's lots of red imagery, like Julie Christie. Yeah, has the red red's boots, really red high balloons. in the mix, so isn't it? Like lots of red imagery in it anyway. And um, and he's like, oh, you've got to watch it, you've got to watch it. And it gets towards the end. So when Donald um, Pleasant, uh, Sutherland, Sutherland is uh, running up the through Venice and he's chasing after the little red girl that he's seen, and it gets to the like the final climax. And he puts his hand on the shoulder, he turns around and it's the dwarf who slashes his throat open. My friend Tim was going, it was a fucking dwarf! It wasn't a little girl, it was a dwarf! That's why, yeah, it's not a girl! It's a... And he was so excited. <laughs> and I'd never, and like, but I didn't know how it ended. So it was like a real moment of, fuck me, that's a weird ending to a film. I thought it, ter- I it would make it more like terrifying it. having a strange man screaming <laughs> what you're watching in your ear. I mean, that would work in any film. Especially John really. Bon Jovi. <laughs> it's quite the Paltrow's head! It's quite, it's quite the Paltrow's head, isn't it? So it's when you try to say don't watch film, you're John Bon Jovi. <laughs> oh, it's intolerable. Um, 
Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a very very good film, isn't it? But it's it's a short story. You're right. It it, I, I watched it about a long time ago, literally about fifteen, years, sixteen years ago, and I found it quite slow. It's maybe too slow. too young. To appreciate the cinematography. It is very slow, and I think that's what I found at the time when I watched it. It was very much you're watching this film for the ending. Yeah. I think going back and revisiting it, if you've seen, especially if you've seen other Nicholas Rogue films, and you, you know the thing that he really does is the cut, like he loves cutting together sex scenes with mundanity. Another thing that he does is he has, um, as you mentioned, the a- atmospheric noises are pushed high in the mix. Yeah, the, the the sound mix is very odd. So, like you said, with the uh, ADR of um, of Glenn's voice mm-hmm. uh, make, gives her a sort of ethereal dreamlike quality there's, there's a, Nicholas Rogue is using that all the time and it's not just in the the ADR of voices that the voices are often lower than ambient sound yeah. in the room which it, it gives it a very odd so thing where like the clinky of of yeah exactly, exactly or the, the footsteps or everything are very you can't ignore them they, they, yeah, I they the punch film. I remember the footsteps from the film yeah yeah yeah, and it, it's a very odd effect, and um, but it, it it's very affecting as it, well. He's a great filmmaker. Yeah, what um, was that other one with David Bowie with vampires? Was that him? No, The Hunger. Yeah, was that not him? Oh, I think that. I think it might be Tony Scott. Really? I think it might be Tony Scott. It doesn't feel like a Tony Scott Look film. it up. I am looking, We're looking up. up right now. Everyone's in suspense. <laughs> Catherine Deneuve, 1983. Yeah. Tony Scott. It's a Tony Scott film. I mean, it did not feel like a Tony Scott film. Yeah. No, but... My favourite point as an adult is when you get to an age where you realise Tony Scott's better than Ridley Scott. Yeah. Ridley just had a couple of goodies. Yeah. Yeah. I love Tony Scott films. Um, Yeah, well, no, I'm glad I've seen Don't Look Now, finally. It's one of those where, if you know the end... Your motivation for seeing something is diminished yeah, enormously because you just like, especially how how slow that film is. Yeah. Well, but you know what? It is it is a lot quicker than the Man Who Fell to Earth. Yeah, the Man Who Fell to Earth is really slow. Uh, and uh, bad timing. It's I love a lot bad, I, think, I, I love bad. I think bad timings are really. The thing is, these are character studies. They're never like action action films. Like Don't Look Now is all about grief, and the Man Who Fell to Earth is all about alienation. Yeah. Bad timing is all about destructive romances, and performance is all about the idea of um, who are you as a real person. So as long as you look, and there's another. There's another Nicholas Rogue film I saw. I think it might be a Gary Oldman film, and uh, t- and Teresa Russell's in that one. Can't remember what it's called now. That one's really weird. Um, like he, she, he, I can't even remember what the plot is. Something about either she thinks he might be a son or something. I can't remember. But as long as you, I think if you go into these films going, this is an exploration of a character trait rather than when's the car gonna explode? Then <laughs> <laughs> can you do the impression of? Um... That person saying, when, when is the car going to explode? <laughs> I'm just trying to look at that film that you were talking about. Which one? Oh, the Gary Oldman one? Yeah. I can't... Um, I'm sorry, listeners. Um, I'm afraid I can't be asked. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Well, I'm, I'm looking through them all now. I can't see it. Is it got, I think it's got a number in it. Okay. Mm, yeah. Zero. Isn't there one something 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 with a number something number? Well, that could be our mystery question, <laughs> the mystery question that everyone wants to find. Uh, 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 what are you talking about? I Either don't, of you? It's really gone off the boil now. <laughs> I have no idea where you're going Look with any of this. Track twenty nine. Track twenty nine. Oh, okay. 
Okay. Um, well, no, thank you for bringing it in. Uh, it's it's a properly good classic horror film. Is it a horror? I guess it's a yeah, horror. It's a horror. It's yeah. psychological thriller, I'd say. But it's... someone gets their throat slashed open at the end. Sure. By a serial killer. Sure, but that happens in some family comedies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Home Alone Four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> um, uh, well. Uh, is there anything you'd like to plug, Danielle, I've before t- we leave this place? Two things I'd like to plug, please, David. And okay. Larry. One is on Monday, the thirty-first of October, at the Angel Comedy Club uh, at the Queen Queenshead Road, the new one, not the old Angel Comedy Club. I'm doing my spooky wiki cocktail hour, which is me reading out spooky and slightly unsettling stories that I've written, and I've got loads of comic guests like Michael Legg and Margaret Cable and Smith and Cheeky Keita and um, other people like that. And, and they'll be doing um, some weird stories as well and that'll be really good and then on the 1st of November which is the next day at Hackney Picture House there's a short film festival and the film that I was in called Stages is up for best short film there's only five of them and there's an award for like best actor which by default of being in this film I am up for you were going to win an, you an Oscar an Oscar I mean, you're Oscar. going to win an Oscar can't, I can't imagine anybody less likely to win than me but um, yeah so you could go and see my short film and it's being judged by the Blaine brothers who made uh, Nina Forever they did make Nina Forever and oh. some other people are judging it and then you can buy tickets and see this short film I, I might go well that'd be good that's great that would be yeah. good so the the, the two dates of uh, Spooky Wooky and so Halloween uh, is Spooky Wooky Cocktail Hour and then the 1st of November Dia de los Muertos Dia de los Muertos Hackney Picture House are screening my short film great well get on down to that Marek anything you want to plug while we're here I've been making a Halloween film which hopefully I'll get finished in time I say it's, it's been me with an afternoon in my kitchen trying to make a film so it's really is it just you? yeah do you film it on an iPhone? no I filmed it on my camera and I pressed the record button oh. and I moved around the other way and I pressed stop again Oh. it's how uh, Spielberg did all of it yeah it, early Spielberg I'm going to put it on the Facebook page so you can watch a nice Halloween film awesome I look forward to that and um, I am doing an improvised seance for Halloween tomorrow night. In what Clapham. if you get a spirit by accident, yeah. David? I mean, that is a film, isn't it? That mm. would be good. Uh, but it's a comedy show called Seance Fiction at the Clapham Omnibus, and that's tomorrow night, Saturday the 29th. Um, go to the Clapham Omnibus website and get tickets to that. Um, but that should be a lot of fun. Um, well, I hope you have a good Halloween weekend. Um, I'm sure we will. Keep watching the films. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.